Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning, listeners, and thanks for joining us this morning. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this new day, Lord. Bless everyone that's listening, as well as us here, Lord, as we present the word to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, We are going to be in Psalm 116 this morning um, as I read a psalm every time before I start the show. And I do want to talk a little bit about this psalm. You know, um, there are psalms that are, a lot of psalms are written by David. This one was probably written by a king, um, probably David. It has those undertones of his style of writing here, but it really doesn't say. But what I did want to say about these particular psalms, and I'm going to talk about Psalm from 1 Psalm 10 to Psalm 118. Um, these psalms are called like the Jewish liturgy, or maybe even some people call it the Egyptian halal. And this is psalms that were written because of the um, Israelites leaving Egypt and giving thanks and praise and, you know, for the time in the desert and all of that. And so they sing this, these psalms from either Psalm 110, sometimes starting from maybe 113 to 118. Those are the group of psalms that are sung every year in the Jewish holiday of Passover. Now, the reason I'm stopping and explaining all of this as I get into Psalm 116 is the the last half of the psalms of these groups of psalms is probably one of the psalms that Jesus sang with his 12 disciples at the Last Supper. You know, they sang a few of these prior to their supper. I mean, we call it the Last Supper, but of course they didn't. They called it their Passover dinner. And so when I read these psalms, especially... The 16, 17, 116, 117, and 118. I always think, is this the one he's saying? Because it does say, if you read, um, and there's, you know, a couple of places in the Bible that it talks about um, the Last Supper. And it does say that after they ate and broke bread, and we think of it as communion because they, he specifically said, um, you know, uh, the bread and wine, and said, do this in remembrance of me. 
However, after that, it says they sang. And this was probably, and, you know, like I said, it was their tradition to sing the psalms, one of those, one or more or all of them, several before and several after. And so as we get to the end, like 116, 17, and 18, I like to picture that this could be one of the psalms that Jesus sang with his disciples. And this one really kind of hits my heart as I read it. And as you hear the words, you'll think of Jesus singing this song too. It says in verse 1, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. Now remember, okay, I'm stopping. Remember, this is before he went to the cross. This is the night before he went to the cross. He knew that he was going to go to the cross, not just to save our sins that are already saved, people that have already given their hearts to the Lord, but he died for the sins of the world. So everyone's sins from beginning to end are taken care of when he died at the cross. They just have to accept him to receive that free gift. But he talks about the death here, so let me start again in verse 3. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. You know, his father. Oh, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. The simple-hearted means... Um, someone that's childlike in their trust with God. You know, they're, they're very, it's not a simple person, but somebody that's childlike in their trust in him. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, the eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore, I said, I am greatly afflicted. And in my dismay, I said, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up my cup of salvation. And call on the name of the Lord. You remember he said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gosh, Lord, you know, let this cup pass before me. But no, he didn't. He drank from that cup. Let let me read verse 13 again. I will lift up my cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord. Is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maid servant. 
you have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thanksgiving to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in the midst of old Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. He ends it with hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't you just love that psalm? And hearing Jesus singing it at the Last Supper, I think about that every time I read that psalm. Maybe you will too. Thank you for your word, Lord, and continue, Lord, to bless us and give us understanding of your word. Today, I am going to talk about, are you really saved? And the reason I am is, you know, about two, two years ago or so, the Lord called me to this radio station to do a radio program. And I said, Lord, what am I going to talk about? And do you know how old I am? And he said, I want you to give your testimony. And he gave me the scripture in Revelation twelve eleven that says, they will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, who are they? They are well, in where, when John wrote it in Revelation, it's the Christians that are saved in the second half of the uh, in the second half of the tribulation. But they are you and I Christians. They will overcome. You and I will overcome. How? By the blood of the Lamb, who is Jesus, and the blood He shed on the cross for us, and the word of their testimony, our testimony. So I said, "Okay, Lord, if I do the radio show." My testimony might cover one, two, or three shows, but then what? And then he said, I want you to have guests on your show that will share their testimony, what I did for them. So I've done maybe 160 interviews with different people. And what I have found is these are people that I know. I very, very rarely interview people I don't know, but I have. Uh, and I know them through other friends that know them. But truly, I've heard some testimonies that I think, I don't know if I can put this on the air. I'm not sure if this person is saved. I really have to hold back this show and and talk to them a little bit more. And their testimony goes something like this. Well, you know, um, I really don't know when I was saved. I think I was saved as a child. Um Maybe I was 10, um, and, you know, I went to church a lot, and, and my, my, you know, my walk with the Lord was up and down, and then, you know, or maybe I was saved when I was older. Maybe I was 18. I'm not sure. But, you know, I do go to church every Sunday. And so what I want to ask you, and I'm talking to all of you, people that have never gone to church but specifically, churchgoers, when did you make that commitment to God? So um, I want to take you to 2 Corinthians 13, 13 uh, 5, which is the last chapter in 2 Corinthians. And <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And it says here in 2 Corinthians Thirteen five, It says, examine yourself to see 
whether you are in the faith. So we're talking about Christians, and the Lord is asking us to examine ourselves right here in the Bible um, and examine yourselves. And obviously, this is, um, this is Paul talking, sending a letter to the, 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 the Christians in Corinth, and he's saying, examine yourselves. He's talking to church people, Paul is, and, you know, through the Holy Spirit. He's saying, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. This is to the Corinthian church, but this could be for all of us. So, hey, listen, we as Christians should examine ourselves and see if we're really in the faith. Okay, so I am going to take you to John 3. Um, For those of you that have never really gotten into the Bible, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So go to John 3. Um, John is the fourth book of the Gospels in in the um, New Testament. So this is a story about Nicodemus. I want to talk about Nicodemus for a little bit. Nicodemus was a scholarly man. He was a religious man. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He went to synagogue or temple, as they call it. We would think that he would go to church every um probably every day. He fasted a couple of times a week. These um, Pharisees memorized the first five books of the Bible. We're talking about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, with all those, you know, I always think Leviticus people run through that book so fast because there's things and names that you can hardly pronounce. Um, uh, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible is what the Pharisees memorized. So I'm talking about he was a scholarly man. He knew God. We sometimes think that, you know, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they were like rule, rule layers. And, yeah, they had a lot of rules. They made extra rules. But this was a scholarly man that looked at Jesus, he, it, he came in the middle of the night, or it says he came at night, and he went to Jesus. And so we're talking about somebody that went to temple, read the word backwards and forwards, memorized the first five books, tithe. He was a scholarly man. He was a godly man. He tithed. So he's doing all these things. He knew God. He loved God. Now, here's the other thing. He watched Jesus, and here's what he says. I'm going to start chapter 3, and it says here in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, now there was a man of, 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 of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. So he was, a you know, like I said, he knew a lot. He was a scholarly man. He came to Jesus at night and said, Why did he come at night? He probably came at night because he didn't want anybody to see him. And said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if you were not with him. So he recognizes that this man comes from God, that God is walking with Jesus. Has to be. He's he's heard... um, 
those those um, uh, parables and preaching, and he says he saw him perform miraculous signs. Verse three. In reply, Jesus declared, "This is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth: no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again." Okay, so Jesus says, "No one. No one means no one. It means it. it it's referring to Nicodemus. He's probably the most religious person there was." And then Nicodemus says, "How can I?" How can a man be born when he's already old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter the second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answers, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. Okay, water. This does not mean being baptized. It means the water that's in the mother's womb that's wrapped around this baby. So Jesus is talking again. You know, Nicodemus says, how can I be born again? Do we have to get into my mother's womb again? So they're talking about a natural birth. The baby that's in the mother's womb, that's the first birth. And he says, so you need to be born of water, that first birth. We're not talking about baptism here, although after you're you know, you accept the Lord, you should be baptized. But this water is the water in the mother's womb. So you have to be born of water and of the Spirit. And some scripture says, some translation says, and from above. So that's the spiritual birth. Flesh gives birth to flesh. That's the, that's, that's the natural birth. But the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again, not maybe be born again, not it's a good idea to be born again. You must be born again. Again, this is Jesus. And then he says in verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but no one can tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So we humans have a physical body, we have a spiritual body, which comes alive when we're born again, just like when you're born of the flesh, that baby comes alive, and of course we have a soul, so we're we're a three in one as well. But we're talking about being born of the Spirit, being born again. How can this be, Nicodemus asks, and then Jesus says, You are Israel's teacher, and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we will testify of what we've seen. But still people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven except the one who came from heaven, which is Jesus, the Son of Man. So he's talking about himself, that he has the right to talk about spiritual things. He's come from heaven. Okay, so we're talking about Nicodemus now knowing how we must be born again, right? 
Jesus spells it out. You've got to be born of the flesh. So we all are born of the flesh and of the spirit. So from water and of the spirit. So that's what he's saying here. I'm going to take you to Matthew 7, 13. I've got to do this quickly. 7.13. Now, <clears throat> this is Jesus again talking, and he's on the, um, this is, you know, where he's doing the Beatitudes. He's always preaching. This is the area that he preached, um, <clears throat> telling everybody about heaven. Um, and we're talking, um, we're going to Matthew 7, verse 13. And Jesus is speaking, and he says, Enter enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the word that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and few find it. So what do you think he's talking about here? Well, wide is the gate, as obviously you would think destruction is hell, right? And that's right. But narrow is the gate to heaven. So he's telling everyone as he's preaching. This is when he gives the Beatitudes. This is after. Um, Narrow is the gate to heaven. I'm going to read verse 21, also in Matthew, in the same chapter. Verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on the day, on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, did we not drive out demons and perform miracles? Then I I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I want to say all this because there are people that are sitting in the church. I have 20 interviews that I've interviewed with people that I've had to talk to them about this simple message because they were so used to being in church. They've never had a born-again experience. When you accept Jesus into your heart, he doesn't make the change in your in the way you're going to walk. I mean, you you don't make that. You've accepted Jesus, but the change in your heart, the change in the things that you do for him happens because he makes that change. He now lives in you and you live in him. As I said in 2 Corinthians 13:5, it says, "Examine yourself. Make it today." If you are questioning and thought, well, I've been going to church for a long time, but I've not really changed. It's just so habitual that I go there every Sunday and Wednesday night or whenever it is for Bible study. Make an all-in commitment for Jesus. Invite him into your heart. It's like a marriage. He moves in with you and you with him. It says that in the Word. So if you've thought about this and thought, am I really saved? 
Am I really walking with the Lord? Pin it down today. Invite him into your heart. If that's you out there and you would really like to make sure that you're going to get to heaven, you don't want to be like these people that said, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Pin it down. Follow me in this simple prayer. If that's you, Jesus, I mean it this time. I'm all in. I'm 100%. I don't want to be, you know, going from left to right. I want to follow you today. Come into my heart and live with me. Forgive me because I am a sinner of all my sins of the past, present, and future. Today is the day I want to make you my Lord and my Savior. I want to follow you. I want to lay all that stuff behind me. I don't want to just be going to hear a good message every Sunday. I want it to get deepened within my heart and my soul. Help me with that. I want to follow you. So thank you for joining us. If you have made that prayer to be all in with God, tell somebody. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com spelled R-A-H Fisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com R-A-H-O-D-E with Jesus.com or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. 